The Rebbe starts off the Sikha by quoting a Yerushalmi, which says, Minayin, from where do we know the concept of the Dalit Koisus? It means, where do we have a Remiz in the Torah for the four cups that we have on the night of Pesach? Rabbi Yochanan, in the name of Rabbi Noya, says that it corresponds to the four Geulois. That is, the four expressions of Geula that are mentioned in the Parsha, when the Eden are told about Geulas Mitzrayim. As the Pasuk says, the Eibishta says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Lachem Emoir, tell the Eden, in addition to this first reason, there are other reasons given in the Gemara there as well. <coughs> Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says it's corresponding to the four cups of Paroi. This means the four cups that are mentioned in the dream of the Sarah Mashkim and its interpretation, where there are four times the word Kois mentioned in connection to Paroi. Rabbi Levi says it corresponds to the four Malchiois, to the four different governments that ruled the Yidden over the times of Golos. The Rabbonon say it corresponds to the four cups of punishment that Hashem is going to give the Goyim to drink <coughs> in the future. And corresponding to that four cups of comfort that Hashem will give to the Bnei Yisrael. Now simply says the Rebbe, the difference between all of these other reasons and the first reason that said it's corresponding to the four Geulois, the four Lushoynis of Gula, is that according to the other reasons, these four cups don't have a direct, open, revealed Zeichah to the Geulah of Bnei Yisrael, to the Geulah out of Mitzrayim. As opposed to the reason connected the Dalit Geulois, then the four cups are directly a Zeichah to the Indian, to the expressions of Geulah. Based on this, says the Rebbe, we could say that this machloikas, as far as the remis for the four koisois, is actually going to be a nafkemina, a difference, also in halacha. But by first prefacing, the Alter Rebbe says in Shulchan Aruch, in regards to the dinim of Hasebo, when does a person need to recline? When he's having the kazais of matzah, when he has the koireich, when he has the afikoimon, and when he drinks the dalud koisois. Says the Alter Rebbe, because all of these things are a zeicher for geula and chayrus, geula for redemption, for freedom. The Alter Rebbe goes on to say that these dalit koisos, the chachamim, were mesakein corresponding to four lushoynis of geula that say in parshas vo'eru, vo'itzesi, v'goalti, v'lokachti, v'hitzalti. Note, by the way, the Alter Rebbe says these four expressions in a different order, which the Rebbe will get to soon. Says the Alter Rebbe further, therefore they need to have a seba, reclining in a way of freedom. However, the rest of the Suda, if a person wants to eat and drink without reclining, so he has the option to do that. Nevertheless, the Alter Rebbe says, the one who reclines the rest of the Suda as well, this is praiseworthy, and he's doing a mitzvah min from the language of the Alter Rebbe, it seems obvious that the Alter Rebbe is trying to explain to us the reason of a seba that's needed by these four, by these four things. By again, the matzah and the koyrech, the afikoyman and the four cups. Because they are a zeicher for geula and chayrus and freedom, and that's why they need to have a seba, they need to have reclining in a way in a show of freedom. However, says the Rebbe, we need to understand in this very simon, in an earlier se'iv, the Alter Rebbe had already explained the reason for a seba. The Alter Rebbe had already said that we sit by seba reclined in a way of chayrus because in every generation a person needs to show by himself as if he had just gone out of the slavery of Mitzrayim. And therefore you need to do all of the things on this night in a way of chayrus. 
So seemingly we don't need any more reason why we need to have has Seba reclining when we're having the Kazayis Matzah and so on. Because this is already understood from what the Alter Rebbe had told us earlier. If anything, needs, what needs to be explained is why we don't need to necessarily be reclining. It's optional to recline by the rest of the Suda, but that's not what it sounds like the Al-Tareb is trying to tell us. It sounds like he's telling us why we do need to recline for these things, but he told us the reason already. Question number two. Why is the Al-Tareb giving us the reference, the source that these Lashaynes say in Pashas Ba'era? Usually the Al-Tareb doesn't tell us inside the Shulchan of the place of the Psukim that he's bringing. And finally, the point that was we mentioned already earlier, that in Parshas Veda, these four Lashonai say in a different order. It says, That's also the way they're brought in the Yerushalmi that was mentioned before. Why is it that the Alter Rebbe is changing the order? Says the Rebbe, we're going to understand this all by first clarifying a general concept in regards to the Geder, to the whole definition of Heseba of reclining, which generally we can explain this in two different ways. And the Rebbe is going to explain is practically, as well as the proof to each one of these ways and so on. One way of understanding it is that Haseba reclining is not an obligation in it for it as its, as its own obligation. Rather, it's a detail within the eating matzah and drinking the Dalat Koisis. That is, that just like there are details in how much matzah and wine you need to have, and the echos, the quality, what the matzah is all about, what the wine is and so on, so too, there is conditions and how you need to eat it and drink it. That is, you need to eat it and drink it in a way of Hesebo. That's one way of understanding it. A second way of understanding it is no. Hesebo is actually a mitzvah for itself. A person needs to show on this night freedom. So he needs to recline. And he, that's why he's showing the show of freedom. When he's eating and drinking while reclining. However we say, you're not going to be yoitza this mitzvah properly unless you did it while having the matzah and the wine. That means, in other words, the matzah and the wine then are like a detail within the general mitzvah of Haseba. So again, the first way of understanding it is that Haseba is only a detail in a requirement within the eating and drinking of matzah and wine. The second way is, no, Haseba is a complete mitzvah for itself. Part of the conditions of Haseba is, when do we do it? A detail of that mitzvah is that we do it while having the matzah and the wine. What's the practical difference? So let's say a person had the kazais of matzah. He had in mind to eat it for the mitzvah of matzah, but he didn't actually recline. Do we say he was yoitza or not? If we say that Haseba reclining is an absolute integral part of the eating of the matzah, then if he didn't recline, he wasn't yoitza the mitzvah of matzah, midirabonah, that is, of course. Because the mitzvah midirabonah says to eat matzah, the rabbonah said you have to recline. Because according to the Rabbanon, according to the Chachamim, the Haseba is actually something that must be done while eating the Matzah. However, if we would say that the Haseba is really a mitzvah for itself, while you're having a Seba, to do that properly you have to have Matzah. So if you did not recline, what you missed out on was the mitzvah of Haseba, the reclining, not the mitzvah of Matzah. What would be the practical difference then? So let's say the person ate the kazayis without reclining. The halacha is that he has to eat it again reclining. But what about the bracha of alachilas matzah? Does he have to make that bracha again? If we say that the obligation to eat the matzah is in order to 
fulfill the mitzvah of reclining properly. But the matzah that I ate, I was yoitz 100%. Then there's no point in making another bracha lachilas matzah. I was yoitz the mitzvah lachilas matzah. However, if we say that, what you missed out is in doing the mitzvah of matzah properly. If I didn't have reclining, then I actually need to make another bracha lachilas matzah. Another practical difference. So let's say the person ate the kazayis matzah without reclining. Then, when he's about to have the matzah again with reclining, now the situation had changed and now he's not obligated anymore to recline. For example, he's sitting in front of his rebbe, which the halacha then is, you don't need to recline. Does he need to eat the matzah again? And not recline. That is, if the problem was that he wasn't yoyed to the mitzvah of matzah properly when he ate it without reclining, in other words, it was a din in the matzah and he says if he didn't eat the matzah. So since... At the time he was obligated in reclining and he didn't recline, he wasn't yoyed to the mitzvah of matzah. So now he needs to eat matzah again, even though now he's not going to recline. But he wasn't yoyed to the mitzvah of matzah before. However, if we say that the first time he was yoyed to the mitzvah of matzah, what he wasn't yoyed to is the mitzvah of hesebah, and now he's anyways exempt from reclining, then there's no point in eating matzah again without reclining when the matzah he was yoyed 100% already before. is the reclining he wasn't yoyed and now he's not going to be yoytza reclining anyways because he's not going to be reclining in front of his Rebbe. Says the Rebbe, we could try to prove that the obligation for Haseba, for reclining, is a detail within the matzah from the following Gemara. The Gemara is discussing a waiter. And the Gemara says a waiter that ate a kazayis matzah while reclining, then he's yoytza. The Gemara says, Mesev, if he reclined, yes. If he did not recline, he's not yoytza. Which seems to be obvious that what he's not yoitz if he didn't recline is the mitzvah of matzah. Because it would be very, very difficult to say that what the Gemara means, he's not yoitz reclining. If he's not yoitz reclining, what does the Gemara even mean to say? If he reclined, he's yoitz. If he didn't recline, he's not yoitz. It's quite obvious if he didn't recline, he's not yoitz the mitzvah of reclining. So we have to say that what he wasn't yoitz is the matzah he wasn't yoitz. The Rebbe says we can also see this clearly in the following rush. The Russia is discussing if a person drank the third or the fourth cup and he wasn't reclining. Does he have to drink again reclining? The problem could be that it's nearer, it seems, as if he might be adding to the amount of cups that the Chachamim were misakin. Chachamim said four cups and now he's having more cups. However, says the Rosh, since he drank the cups, we could say the following, since he drank the cups not in the proper way as according to the Tekonim, so it was clear that that's not part of the koisois. And what he's drinking now is, when he's drinking while reclining, that's the kois that he's drinking and has an obligation. What do we see clearly? That the rush says that when he drinks without reclining, it's not counted as one of the koisois. Not that he wasn't yoyed to the reclining. The kois isn't counted. Which seems to be clear then that the mitzvah of re- of Reclining was part of the way to be yoytzer, the koisos, and the same thing of course would be true with the matzah as well, that the reclining is a detail of the matzah, and not that reclining was a separate obligation for itself, and, I, and that I was yoytzer, the matzah or the wine, even if I didn't recline. The Rebbe says, arguably we could try to prove a similar thing also from the following Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi says, a person is yoytzer when he has the matzah, whether he had kavana or he didn't have kavana. Since he was reclining, so the chazaka is, we assume that for sure he had kavana, because why else was he reclining? He was reclining because he's supposed to recline for the mitzvah. So therefore, obviously, he had in mind initially that it was for the mitzvah of matzah. 
In other words, even if while I was eating the matzah, I wasn't mamish having in mind for the mitzvah, but since he was reclining, the chazaka is that I originally did have kavana, and now I sort of forgot about it for a moment, but automatically my, kav- my eating now is following my original kavana. Now, if we should say that really a person can be yoyed to the mitzvah of matzah without reclining, then why is the Gemara automatically assuming and says, since he reclined, then he's Yaitza. Just like he didn't have in mind now for the mitzvah, isn't it possible and maybe even very, very logical that he actually did not recline? Why is the Gemara assuming that he reclined? Seemingly the Gemara should say that if he reclined, then regardless if he had Kavana, then he's Yaitza. So we must say, that the Gemara doesn't even have to say that he reclined, because if he didn't recline, he's of course not Yoytza the Mitzvah. And that's what the Gemara is saying. Since he reclined, we're assuming that he definitely had Kavon. So seemingly this Gemara could also be a proof that reclining is an integral part of the Mitzvah of Matzah. However, the Rebbe says this is not an absolute proof. We don't have to say that Imkivan means that he definitely was reclining, Rather, Mikivan Shehesev could definitely mean that we're speaking about a case when he reclined, so then this would be the halacha that he, even if he didn't have kavana, he's yoytza, but if he didn't recline, all of this wouldn't apply. In other words, the Yerushalmi could definitely just being be, be, just being brief about what it's saying, which is the style of the Yerushalmi, and it doesn't have to say if he reclined, Rather, we're speaking about in a case when he reclined, then we'll assume that he's Yoytzeh, but not, not necessarily do we have to say that the, the Gemara is assuming that he definitely reclined, and therefore this Yerushalmi not necessarily would be a proof to say that without reclining, you're not Yoytzeh, the mitzvah of Matzah. So, so far in the Sicha, the Rebbe was proving, at least according to the previous proof, that, we, that the chiyuv, that the obligation of Eseba is not an obligation for itself. Rather, it's a part of the eating of the matzah and the drinking of the wine. Now, the Rebbe looks at it the other way. That seemingly we can also prove the opposite as well. That Eseba is a mitzvah for itself. And that eating matzah and wine, that's a condition of when we have to, when is the Eseba, when does Eseba apply? So part of the condition of Eseba is that we do it while having matzah and wine, but not that the Eseba is part of the mitzvah of matzah and wine. Rather, Haseba is a mitzvah for itself. Says the Rebbe, this could be proven from the other part of the halacha, that we say that when a person is reclining for the rest of the meal, we said, that's praiseworthy, and that's considered mitzvah and mufchar. If we should say that the whole idea of Haseba is only a condition of the way we eat matzah, the matzah of mitzvah and the wine, then why would we say it's great to have Haseba by the rest of the sudo? If Eseba is not a Chiyah for itself, it's only a condition in Matzah, then what's the point of Eseba the rest of the Sudha? So seemingly then we have to say that there is an obligation in Eseba for itself, and its main obligation is when we have having Matzah and the wine, but as well as the rest of the Sudha would be a mitzvah in Amuvchar. However, the Rebbe says we could possibly push off this proof as well. Because generally on Yom Tev, the whole Su'uda is a mitzvah. Just like there's a mitzvah to me, Mechabed Shabbos, and to have Tainug on Shabbos, so too on Yom Tov, we have a special mitzvah of having Simcha, we have to have meat and wine and fruit, delicacies and so on and so forth. And therefore, says the Rebbe, it's possible to say that just like Hesseba 
is an absolute necessity for the eating of the matzah. So the rest of the su'udah, which is also a very important part of Yom Tov, we could say that le mitzvah min ha-muvchor is a conditioned part of the rest of the su'udah as well. In other words, we have a mitzvah of oinig and simchas Yom Tov on this night. A part of that mitzvah could be that you do it beheseibo. In other words, again, just like we said before, that matzah and wine are obligations for themselves. And as a detail of that, we have a seba, we could possibly say the same thing regarding the rest of the suda. That the mitzvah and amuvchar, you want to have the suda's yomtev properly, then you do it in the way of a seba. However, the Rebbe continues to try to still say that a seba is a mitzvah for itself. And that is, the Rambam says, and so too the Alter Rebbe brings, that b'chol doir v'doir chayev odom lahari sesatzma, a person needs to show by himself, within himself, as if he just went out of Shibud Mitzrayim, lefichach, therefore, when he has the meal on this night, he needs to eat and drink, in a way, and recline in a way of cheirus. In other words, since we're saying this is part of chayev lahari sesatzma, it's as a general thing on this night, that a person needs to act in a way of cheirus, so therefore, definitely, this is an obligation for itself. And as a result of this obligation, this idea of showing cheiros, part of this is that we need to eat and drink in a way of Heseba. And therefore, Heseba definitely is not just a detail within the matzah and the wine, but it is an obligation for itself. Part of the lahari sesatzmoy to show that you just went out of Mitzrayim. So to summarize, it seems to be that each one of these sides is sort of very, very, very strong. On the one hand, yes, it's definitely a chiyuh for itself. But on the other hand, we also clearly saw that it's a detail within the obligation of eating matzah and wine. In order to put these two things together, and they shouldn't be contradicting to each other, says the Rebbe, that really there's two aspects in Haseba. There's two obligations. There's one as a chiyuv and a mitzvah for itself, just to recline. And there's a second aspect where it becomes a detail within the eating matzah and the drinking of the wine. So when the person is having the matzah and the wine, Be'aseba, he is fulfilling the mitzvah of eating matzah properly. He's also fulfilling that special obligation of Haseba as a mitzvah for itself. When the person is having the Haseba as it's an Indian for itself, there is the Iker Mitzvah of how you do a Seba. And that is, how do you do a Seba properly? That is when you're having Matzah and the wine. That's the main way how you do a Seba. As a Mitzvah, Minham Mufchar. Again, as part of the Mitzvah for a Seba separately. As a Mitzvah, Minham Mufchar of that Mitzvah. It's also for the rest of the meal. That means it's a Hidur in the Mitzvah of a Seba. So again, we have two things. There's one thing that in order for me to be able to fulfill the mitzvah of matzah properly, I need to have a seba. There's another chiyuv, I need to have a seba on this night. And in order to have a seba properly on this night, it needs to be done primarily by the matzah, but the mitzvah min ha-muvchara will fulfill that obligation if I do it also by the rest of the meal as well. Says the Rebbe, based on this, we can understand very, very nicely and very gishmak the words of the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe first speaks about that when a person is sitting down and reclining, because as the Rambam quoted, you have to show yourself as if you just went out of Mitzrayim and therefore everything on this night has to be in a way of freedom. 
That means it's a general obligation that applies to the whole night. And based on this, the Haseba that comes out is not a detail of the eating of matzah. It's a separate chiyu for itself. I need to be reclining on this night. Then, a few sifim later, the Altarebbe is starting to speak about which things need Haseba. Because when the Altarebbe said before that you need to have Haseba, that was just the Haseba as an obligation for itself. But here, the Alter Rebbe is now starting to discuss the second aspect of a Seba, as it's a detail in the mitzvah of eating matzah. And as the Alter Rebbe concludes by saying, that these things need a ham. Haseba, he doesn't say, but they themselves need the Haseba. That means that as a result of the reason that's being given in this if, which we're going to discuss in a moment, these mitzvahs need a seba. What is the reason? What are the reason for these mitzvahs? The Alter Rebbe says, Lafisha called Varim Elu because these things, the matzah and the wine, are a zecher for Geula and Cherus. That means, because the content of these very things is a zecher for Geula and Cherus, therefore they need to have Haseba. You need to be doing this in a way of Cherus as a condition. So because the, the zeichel, the geula, and cheres within these things should be perfect in every single way, I also need to be reclining. In other words, again, let's just summarize. First, the Alter Rebbe was speaking about the general chiv of the night. To have heseba and cheres because sarich liris, kiluyotzim, and mitzrayim, etc. Now the Alter Rebbe is discussing another thing. Because the matzah and the wine specifically are there for geula and cheres, that's why they need as part of themselves the detail of the union of Haseba. The Alter Rebbe then goes on to prove that this is all connected to Gula, that these things are connected to Gula. In connection to the Dalit Kaisis, what does the Alter Rebbe say? Because why are the Dalit Kaisis, why were they established? They were established for the for the shyness of Gula that are said in Parshas Vaira which therefore shows us that this mitzvah is directly connected to the union of Gula and Chayrus, that the Dalit Koises are there for Gula and Chayrus. And that's why, as a condition of the Dalit Koises, you need to have the Hesabah. Whereas, going back to the beginning of the Sikha and the Yerushalmi, if it was only because of the other reasons of the Dalit Koises, whether the four cups of Paroi in the dream of the Saramashkim, whether it's the four Malchias, whether it's the four cups of punishment that the Abish is going to punish the Goyim and going to for, the four cups of comfort for the Yidin. All of these reasons are then not connected directly to the union of Geula and Cherus of Yidin. So the Alter Rebbe is therefore trying to tell us, the Alter Rebbe is trying to tell us why we need to have a Seba as a condition of the mitzvah of Dalat Koises. So that's why he's emphasizing and telling us that why do we have these Dalat Koises because of the foolishness of Geula, again as opposed to the other four reasons. Says the Rebbe, this is why the Alter Rebbe is emphasizing that it says in Parshas Vo'eira, the Alter Rebbe is not just barely trying to give us a source for these L'shoinois, where it says, the Alter Rebbe is trying to explain this idea that it's all connected to Geula, because as we said, only based on this we understand that the Chach, since we say that the Chachamim established it based on Geula, that's why we say the Haseb is a, as a condition of the four Koisois, as opposed again to the other four, the other reasons Says the Alter Rebbe because it says in Parshas Vaera. What is Parshas Vaera about? Parshas Vaera is about the Geula and the, the the going out of the Eden out of Mitzrayim. So the Alter Rebbe is saying it's corresponding to these four Lashonis of Geula. The Chachamim established the four cups 
on the night of the Gula. But again, as opposed to the other four, the other reasons, the four cups of Pari and so on, clearly these things have nothing to do with the idea of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Says the Rebbe, however, it's still not fully understood. Because what the Rebbe is about to discuss is that seemingly the four cups are also connected to other things. That the Chachamim were how we drink these four cups. We know that these four cups need to be drunk, the halachas, they need to be drunk in order. That is, you have different things we say for each cup, between the first and the second cup, between the third and the fourth cup, there needs to be the interruptions of saying the Haggadah, the Halil. We have between the second and the third, we have the eating of matzah, we bench, because each one of these cups were established for something very, very, very specific. Now that would seem to imply that there is something else in the Dalit Kaisais other than the Indian of Geula and Chairus. We're having all these other things that we're associating with the Dalit Kaisais. So seemingly, here we would just say that the Dalit Kaisais are exclusively connected to the Indian of Chairus. But seemingly there's some other Inyanim here as well. Says the Rebbe, this is why the Alt Rebbe changed the order of the four Lushonis. And he says, He's changing it from the way it says in the Passover. The Alt Rebbe over here is going to be explaining how these four Kaisos and the four Lushonis are in the order of how they were established and how we do them in the Gula and in the Haggadah. Because it's specifically these four expressions that are going to explain to us what we're doing with each one of the four kaisais and what we're doing by the Seder in each one of these four kaisais. And then we're going to understand that all four kaisais, yes, even though we seem to be doing them for other things, but they're all still connected directly to these four Lashonais, and therefore they're still all directly connected to Gula. And the Rebbe explains the connection between what we do for the four kaisais and how they're connected to these four Lashonais in this order. The first cup, we say Kiddush on it. What do we say in Kiddush? Zeicher Litzias Mitzrayim. That corresponds to the first, one of the four Lashonis, Vohitzaisi. I'm going to take them out of Mitzrayim. The second cup, we read the Haggadah. And of course, the special way how we tell the story in, by, on the night of Pesach, how we say the Zeicher Litzias Mitzrayim, although we mention Litzias Mitzrayim every single day, is that on the night of Pesach, we need to do it Ba'arichos, at length, with lots of explanation. Says the Rebbe, therefore, this corresponds to the second one of the Lushoinois, Vigo'alti. Which, that's, what's the Vigo'alti? This is the, the whole idea of how the Pasuk is describing at great length all of the amazing, amazing miracles and wonders of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. As the Pasuk itself says, by the Vigo'alti, it doesn't just say Vigo'alti, it gives us the details. Vigo'alti Eschem, I'm going to redeem you. With an outstretched arm, with great judgments and so on, with punishments, with all the miracles that are going to happen. In other words, the whole Haggadah is in these words of what says by Vigo'alti Eschem, of how it's all going to take place with all of those miracles. And how do we conclude the whole Haggadah again connected to Vigo'alti? We concluded the Baruch Asher Go'alonu Vigo'al Asaviseinu and Baruch Ato Hashem Go'al Yisrael. So that's all the Vigo'alti. Comes the third cup. The third cup we bench Birchas HaMozayn in which we're thanking Hashem for Al Toiros Choshelimadetonu for the Toira that He taught us. The Allah is if He didn't mention Toira in Birchas HaMozayn, He actually not Yoytza. 
This would correspond to the third Lashain. Again, in the order the way the Alter Rebbe brings them. First, Voitseisi. Then, Vigoalti. Now the Alter Rebbe brings Vilakachti. Vilakachti Eschem Lilaam. Hashem says, I'm going to take you as my nation. I'm going to be your Eibishter. This is referring to Matan Torah. As it says, you're becoming Hashem's nation. And finally, the fourth cup, on which we say Halil, and we make the bracha, the birchas hashir, we say at the end of Halil, which is mainly connected to the Geula Asida, and that's why we actually start with Shmoy Hamascha. This is all hinted in the Vehit Salti, a general saving of the Eden, where we don't go into the details. It just says, I'm going to save you from your hard work. And this is specifically referring to the Geula Asida. Whereas the Rambam tells us, that everything that's going to happen by the Gula Asido, we don't know exactly how it's going to happen until it's going to happen. These are all things that are hidden and closed up by the Nevi'im. So this corresponds to the general, the Salti, the general saving of the Yidin. What therefore comes out of all of this is that even the specific things we do with all the four Kaisos are very much connected to the four Lashonis of Gula in the order, if we put it in the order the way the Alter Rebbe said it. And therefore, it's all still connected to the concept of Geula and Chedis, which is what we were trying to say, that all four cups are connected to the Geula and Chedis. And therefore, we're back to the original point that the whole Takona of the Dalit Kois is both generally, why to have four cups, corresponding to the four Lashonis of Geula, and also the details of what we do with the four cups, we now see clearly how they're all very much connected to the union of Gula and Chedis, because again, even the details that we do with the four cups are still back connected to the four Lushoinois of Gula. Says the Rebbe, to explain the difference of these four Lushoinois, it's explained in the Torah that we have four levels in Shuva, which are hinted in the Pasuk, Sur Sur staying away from bad, refers to the idea that we shouldn't cause de- damages and blemishes with our Averois, that we do begashmias, machshava, diburu, maisa, and that we need to do tshuva for them, we need to regret the past, we need to uproot any desire we have for this bad, we, that we shouldn't be warning chas v'sholem to separate from the unity of Hashem, but rather there should be gilu yalikus, and this generally corresponds to the level of memali then comes the Pasuk Vaseitoiv. Here we're doing tshuva for chas v'sholem, missing out on doing properly a Vaseitoiv, to work harder in our Torah, in our tefillah. And that over here we're doing tshuva that we should bring back the oil, that oil that was missing by missing out on mitzvah sazei. So we now missed out on an oil. For this we need a much greater tshuva to connect to the shame Hashem which goes even beyond the level of Mamali Kalaman, and this is the level of Soiviv Kalaman, the level of Makif. Says the Alter Rebbe, these two levels of Tshuva are still considered Tshuva Tato, still dealing with our actions. Then comes Bake Sholem. Bake Sholem is a higher form of Tshuva, and this is primarily done through Torah, which on Torah is connected to Sholem, as we say that when you're learning Torah properly, you're bringing Sholem both in the upper realms and in the lower realms, etc., through Torah you're reaching which is higher than Mamali Kalaman and Soiv Kalaman. Why did we say there's another two levels? Because Torah itself has two parts. There's Nigla the Torah and Pnimi Torah. So we have four levels over here. Again, Sur Meira, Asay Toiv, and two levels in Torah. It's explained in Oira Torah from the Tzemach Tzedek that 
the Dalit Koisois also correspond to the four levels of Tshuva. So based on this, the four Lashoinois would then also have to correspond to these four levels of Tshuva. So Voitseisi Eschem Mitacha Sivlois Mitzrayim is going out from under the Tumor of Mitzrayim. This is the concept of Sur Meirav, staying away from bad. Vitzalti, although Vitzalti simply means saving, the Rebbe brings over that Vitzalti is also from the word of Tzel, which means like a shade or a shadow, representing something that's makif, something that's a shade that's covering you from above to protect you, represents the union of Soiviv Kalama, which comes down through mitzvahs. As the Pasuk says, Ovetzel Yodik Yisisicha, and it's referring to mitzvahs, I'm protecting you with the shade of my hand. Then comes Vigo'alti. Ga'alti refers to Torah, as the Razal tell us. Ein lucha ben there's no free man unless someone that's involved in learning Torah. More specifically, it would be nigla de Torah, as simply what the Chazal seem to be speaking about. And finally, v'lokachti eschem lilom, I'm going to take you for myself as a nation. This is the ultimate union that happens between a Yid and the Eibishter, specifically when he's learning Pnimius HaToyra, and as it says, V'lokachti Eschem Li, and the Chazal tell us when it says Li, it refers to something permanent that never changes and never moves, because here we're speaking about a level that goes completely beyond any changes and divisions, referring to the level of Pnimius HaToyra, where we say there's no questions over there, there's no Machloikas over there, and that's why V'lokachti Eschem Lilom, that ultimate greatest level, is referring to Pnimius HaToyra. Says the Rebbe, since these are four levels of tshuva, and generally in tshuva we're going so therefore from below to above, climbing the ladder, so therefore these four lashonis are said in that order. So we have the mitzvahs, loisase, staying away from the bad, the mitzvahs ase, then going to the learning of nigla de toyna, which we said is vigoalti, and finally vilakachti dinyan of pinimiyasatoyna. However, says the Rebbe, the order of these four levels in Avoida really is also going to depend on the on, on the chashivus, on the importance we give and the quality in the difference between practical action and learning. Because we know that there's a general discussion about this, which one is greater, action or learning. If learning is more important than action, so that's the highest on the ladder. So then, v'go'alti and v'lokachti, that refers to the two different levels of learning, they're going to be last, because we're counting mul mailo. If action is more important, then the hitzalti we said, which is the tzel, which is the mitzvah saseh, then learning is, action is more important, then that one's going to come last, because it is the highest one. Just important to point out, Voitseisi is going to be first. Either way, as the Rebbe points out in the Ha'ara, because staying away, away from bad always needs to come first. So now, says the Rebbe, we'll have an understand the difference in the orders. Why it is that the Alter Rebbe in Shulchan Aruch is changing from the way it's written in the Torah. In Torah Shemeksav, as well as in Torah Peh, if it's not in the area of Halacha, so that would be like the Yerushalmi. So the Ga'alti and the Lokachti would come last, which is emphasizing what? The greatness of Torah. Because in Torah itself, in Torah Shabbat Sav and in Torah Shabbat which one is going to be emphasized? The Milo of Torah. And that's why the Torah ones come last, showing that that's the highest. However, in the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, which is more the Chelek of Halacha, Psak Dim, Maisa Mepoyol, practical action, there the Alter Rebbe would pass in that Hamaisa Hu Ikar, 
We're focusing mainly on the my love action. And therefore, when we're going in order from lowest to highest, that one's going to come last. And therefore, in the Al-Tarebbe's order, he first says again, which is the Sur Meirah. Then the Gaalti, which is the two levels of Torah, and the Salti, which is action, comes last. Another explanation, says the Rebbe. It says in Pri Chaim that the four Koisos correspond to the four Bonim, the four children. And the order, as we know in the Haggadah, is Chacham, Rasha, Tam, and She'eno Yedei Alisha. In the Oilamois, this would be that Chacham would refer to Atzilus, the Rasha would refer to Asiya, the lowest world, and then the Tam and She'eno Yedei Alisha are Bria and Yitzira. So too in the order of the cups, the first cup of Kiddush corresponds to the Indian of Atzilus. The second cup, we're telling the Haggadah, where we speak about how Metchilo Hayu Oivdei Avoide etc. Therefore, again, it's connected to the Russia corresponding to Asiya. Then as it's discussed in Kabbalah, how the third cup is connected to Berchus Hamozin in Bria, and the fourth one in Yitzira. In other words, the order of the four Lashonis of Geula Voitzeisi V'Hitzalti, V'Goalti V'Lakachti then, which is the order of the Kaisais, would then be Atzilus, Asiya, Bria, and Yitzira. Again, the Chacham, the Rasha, and then the Tamashen, the Elisha. Now, the reason why it is that we're putting the Rasha and the Haggadah right next to the Chacham, although seemingly it's out of order, the Rasha should seemingly be at the end, and Asiya should seemingly be at the end, is because we want the Rasha to be close to the Chacham, to be influenced by the Chacham. The Chacham is the one that can bring him to do tshuva. So too in the order of the Oilam, it says in Priyetz Chaim, why is it that Atzilus and Asiyah are put next to each other over here? Because Asiyah needs a very, very strong and powerful oil. He needs to be getting this oil from a very, very high place, from Atzilus. This is why in the Haggadah, which is about the Gadeta Levincha, we're trying to influence all four children, even the Ben Rasha. So the order therefore needs to be the Chacham, the Rasha, the Tam, and She'en Elisha. And corresponding to that, the Koisis would then look, be, be looked at as However, in the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, he's ordering them according to the way it's Alpi Shulchan Aruch. According to that, the order of the Dalit Banim would be Chacham Tam and then the Russia. In other words, according to the mile of people, the Russia would definitely be at the end. And in the order of cups, then it would come out again, which would be the Chacham, the Tam, the She'enu Yedei and putting the Vihitzalti, which is the Rasha, all the way at the end. The Rebbe concludes by saying, we know it says, through our avoiding, dealing with all four children, that all of them should be on the level of we will be Zoycha to the four Lashonis of Geulah, by the Gaulah, Amit is Vashleimah, Bekarev Mamash.